Welcome to The One Guys Show, where we're going to be bringing you nutritional and mindset insights to help you gain nutritional freedom, lose weight faster, build a winner's mindset, all without the stress, guesswork, and sacrifice that you're used to. Now, this podcast specializes in helping women break free from the dieting shackles that society has placed them in and provides them with a clear path to success. So let's dive in. What's that from? Countdown. Oh, nice. I heard it the other day. Um, did you ever used to watch it? I used to sometimes watch it as a kid and be like, yeah, come on, I'm going to get these equations. And honestly, I, I don't think I ever got one or ever got even close. Yeah, mate, I, so I absolutely love Countdown. And also, so because we're doing a slight uh, move, Sophie's cancelled like everything. She's cancelled Sky. So last night, I was like, there's absolutely nothing. All I, ha- oh, to be fair, I could have gone on Netflix, but I just couldn't be bothered. And it was, um, oh, what is it? Um, catchphrase. Oh, no. Oh, mate, that was oh, the, yeah, other- it, it was, yes, it yeah. was catchphrase. Catchphrase with a yeah, little, like, it. Mr. Blobby character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mate, catchphrase is absolutely brilliant. I used to love watching it as a kid because you get so into it. You're like, Oh, dog and a horse. Uh, a horse, dog. Uh, a dog, a horse. Horse with dog legs. <laughs> Cat with ten tongues. <laughs> and some other stuff. Because some people like wait and they like mull it over in their head, and then some people just blurt stuff out. And it's like dog and a horse, and they're like, "That's not a phrase." Like, and they're like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah. Oh man, what program? Yeah, it was quality because the the ones that they do in like the the game show part. They're quite like fun because they're actually you can you you know I, I'd argue that you know fifty sixty percent of them you might be able to get even as a, a kid if you think about it but it's the one when they do the final one when they've got like the squares and we're like pick a square and you got to do it and it slowly reveals part of it and it's revealed like two squares of the catchphrase and they're like have a guess and people are like dog on a bone I don't know like yeah. you can't you can't see anything it's like just a color and they're like have a guess and they're like. Are you joking? Like, I can't guess anything. All you see is grass. <laughs> <laughs> Football. Just, just make it, yeah, uh, cricket, wicket, I don't know. Oh, dear. So, here we are, back so, with another... Sorry for those on YouTube as well. Christ, I, I can barely even see my, like you. Oh, really? Sorry about that. That's right. Can, can you see me? Anyway. Yeah, I can see you. You've got this midnight glow about you, you know, or midday glow, is it, they say? <laughs> A little sexual midnight glow. There's nothing sexual about it. I don't know why that word came out. But there we go. Um, yeah, man, all good playing that. I'll tell you what, another one was was uh, the old Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? That's good fun. There's loads of game shows, aren't there, on TV? It used to be the, the Saturday night you'd watch at home, like Saturday night mm. you'd watch these game shows, whether it was like um, tonight, Matthew, I'm gonna be. Did you ever watch that? Yeah, that's um, Star in Their Eyes, Star, Star in Their Eyes. Yeah, Stars in their eyes. Um, Blind Date that was a cracker yeah I always remember watching the Top of the Pops on like a Saturday yeah can you remember that yeah Top of the Pops what a show and there was the other one do you remember when they used to like was it like this is this is your life or something and they'd like set set like I don't know the dad and he had to try and learn how to ride a unicycle or something he had a week to do it and then he had to turn up <laughs> to the show and like do the crazy thing which was like ride a unicycle or it might be you know uh flail a, a deck of cards in a special way and they had like a week to like 
practice and they videoed behind the scenes of them practicing like every day. I used to love it. I'll tell you, uh, if you haven't watched it already, is a really good documentary to watch. Um, so can you remember, I don't even know if they still do it anymore. Like in McDonald's, they have those little, like it was like the Monopoly game yeah, cards still that you'd get on like a bone. I think I know so what you're there was the, ho- the whole scandal behind it. Yeah, mate, mental. Yeah, it's such tell a good the audience, Tell the audience, but everyone listening, if you haven't watched it, listen, it is, it, you should watch it. Mm. It's, it's good I won't, I won't give it away yeah I'll, basically uh, there was an inside scandal behind the monopoly so you usually get like free stuff but there is like a one million pound prize isn't there and basically there was a scandal I was, it had to be higher up as well it was like management scandal that basically mm. somehow tried to rig it so that they won the cash prize but if you haven't seen it you should go watch it because it is kind of smart but also I feel I was a little bit like oh that's also really unlucky to get caught in a, in well, the way I, I always remember when she, um, it was it was going on in one of the houses, and she had to like pretend that she didn't know what was like. She had to pretend that she just won a million when she was getting that was it. So when the part of the whole deal was like when you won the the news had to come round and they had to do like a um, again another little like documentary on you on like how does it feel to win a million pounds? And you could see like looking back now watching that video, it's like she's like. Um. Yeah. Good. And it's like that is not how someone that just won a million pounds would react. Because yeah. you're like, we're so screwed. Everyone's going to know we're we're like lying. Yeah. Oh my uh, god. Anyway. Headphones in, man. Andy. <clears throat> Sorry. Because what happens is everything that you're saying is being picked up on my microphone, and I wondered why my microphone hadn't stopped. Like, usually it flatlines when I don't talk, but it hasn't. Dear, oh dear. Right, headphones are in, Andy. I apologise for this, uh, this user error here today, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Once again. So, team, anyway. Right, let's move on to bigger, better things. Such as my biceps. No, that's a joke. Uh, we're going to talk today all about meals. You're on fire today. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk today all about meals. And we're going to talk about meal timing, meal frequency, and how to build the best meal when it comes to losing weight and what that might look like. Um, there's a lot of kind of misinformation, and I mean, I've believed it uh, in my time, and I'm sure Hayden has as well, um, with regards to what the best meal should look like and how many meals a day we should have and when we should and shouldn't eat during the day. So today we want to kind of really dive into this and just talk about what is true, you know, what's the actual science behind this and how does it all actually work to then actually be able to give you some practical takeaways and also provide you with the real truth behind everything so that you're not, I want to say like concerned with stuff that shouldn't concern you. Mm. I think as also like, we'll obviously get into this in a bit more depth as well, but like there's a bit of an art to coaching with this, I believe. And I'll explain why throughout the podcast, like I personally think there's a bit of an art to coaching to it. And this is where like sometimes just having the scientific evidence isn't enough. There has to be some actual practical real life element behind it. Um, and it's just not as easy as black and white. But it, like I said, we'll, 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 we'll get into bits of that um, throughout the podcast. So where did, where did you want to start with it? Yeah, man. I mean, do you want to start by getting some sunglasses? I feel a little Yo, bit sorry mate. for you. <laughs> Go get some sunnies. <laughs> Go get some sunnies. Hang on. 
any of you that can't see, obviously, and you're not watching this back on YouTube, uh, Hayden is it literally in the sunshine. Um, and you can see it's obviously not ideal for the man. Um, so I'm making him go get sunglasses. It's a real shame that I'm not even doing this outside. Like I can't, I... <laughs> <laughs> now you look fantastic. Oh, that's it. Oh, that, that, I'm, I'm happy now. I'm happy how this is looking. <laughs> fantastic. So, guys, what we're going to talk about first is meal timing. I think we talk about first. So, when it comes to losing weight, there's some quite common, uh, you know, talk about meal timing as when's best to have it, uh, when's best to eat, and when's best not to eat. Typical one is, let's start there. Should we eat breakfast? And is breakfast the most important meal of the day? I don't know, but I can barely take myself seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want me to put... Um, Hold on, hold on, hold on. Where's my... I mean, I've got glasses here. I can put glasses on if you want to make it a little bit better. (laughs) So you're less awkward. (laughs) I need to... um, So you know on, on Zoom, you can change... Does it affect it how it looks on your screen? No, it won't, will it? Or you're going to change say, the background. If I change, it, no, if I can just see you, then I, I don't even look at myself. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can. Uh, don't even know. Have a go. See what happens. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, right, so breakfast. Go on. Breakfast. Is it the most important meal of the day, Hayden? Uh, no, it isn't. But again, this is where there's got to be more context to it. Yeah, massive. So this, this is what I meant a second ago by saying like, it really comes down to the art of coaching. And Let's- like... Let's put it into two, two brackets. Is it most important meal of the day for weight loss and how, and then if it is or isn't? And then also why would breakfast potentially be important from a coaching standpoint? I think this is how we'll do it. We'll give it in two views. One of just straight up weight loss. Is it the most important meal of the day if you want to lose weight? And then also we'll do it from a, we kind of do a little spin on it, but could that be viewed differently from a coaching standpoint to an individual? If that makes sense. I believe okay, that's where well, you're going with. Yeah, I think the best thing to start off with is, is where has it come from in the first place? So where has mm-hmm. this like notion of breakfast being the most important meal? Now, I can't, can't give you an exact date. Like maybe 10 years ago where it kind of started, where people were saying like every time you eat is almost like a boost to your metabolism. Yeah. So... When you eat meals, you get a, a, a spike in metabolism. If your metabolism's been spiked up, you obviously are then in a more in a fat burning zone, um, and you're more likely to burn calories. So this is where I I believe it's it stemmed from. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is there? It could be it could be other elements, yeah. but so people think by you having breakfast first thing in the morning, you're going to be in a better fat burning state by eating because you get a spike in metabolism. <laughs> And that isn't true. Like categorically, that's not true at all. Um, so, and then you like completely, like your metabolism is going to get upregulated because you're now digesting food and you're eating food. But if you're talking about metabolism and as in like from a calorie burning standpoint, that doesn't matter whether you eat it first thing or you don't eat until lunchtime. Like you're not going to burn any more calories by eating four hours before or four hours later, like the calories burnt through that meal, if the meal's the same, are going to be exactly the same, as long as proteins are uh, kept similar. Yeah, 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 exactly. So now you know that obviously that whole myth isn't true at all. It comes from a, from a fat loss standpoint. Yeah, it's, it's your energy balance at the end of the day that is like, you've got to think of it like this, like, 
there are so many moments, uh, I don't want to get too technical with it, but there are so many moments through the day where you are constantly fluxing between gaining body fat and losing body fat. When you eat some food, you are, you are technically in a, uh, in, you're gaining body fat when you eat. But when you're not eating, you are losing body fat. So you've got to think if your window of eating over a 24 hours um, window, over a 24 hour window is net rather than you actually, you know, overeating in that 24 hour window. So I've got a perfect, um, you know, uh, lipolysis and lipogenesis, you know, like, can you think of the graph that I'm thinking of? Yeah. 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 So that's what I've got in my head. So basically what I'm getting at is if you're like, so the lipolysis is the, um, the lipolysis is the um, breakdown of fat, isn't it? And the lipogenesis is gaining. So if you are obviously like in more of a fat burning state over a 24 hour period, you're going to lose body fat. Whereas if you're in a excess over a 24 hour period, like over, oh, I'm making this so hard. <laughs> yeah, man. Also, we're talking about meal timing and you've gone to meal frequency. But basically what Hayden's saying is that there's basically like a flat line of like where you are. When you eat, basically the line goes up and it goes up in it goes up into an arc of obviously where you've eaten. So now you're in a surplus of energy. You know, your body was just ticking over, but you've just given it energy. So now it's in the surplus. So it needs to deal with it. The thing is, is that this arc goes up, but then eventually it comes back down after your body deals with it, like uses it, stores it, does everything it needs about the food. And then it drops below the line and then it drops below the line. You're in a deficit. You're using what's stored and then you're using that food to then obviously go about your day, burn energy. But what you've got to realize is this, this line of like, when you're eating food, it goes up and then it goes down again. Once you finish eating food and you're burning fat, then you're gaining fat and you're burning fat in an undulating thing. Yeah. So it's almost like a wave. What you've got to realize is that what actually governs fat loss is the amount of time you spend below that line in the bottom of the wave and the amount of time mm. that you spend above the wave. If you're gaining body fat and you're, look, and you're overweight, you're probably spending more time above the line in a surplus than you are below the line in a deficit. So this is where we're kind of on to meal frequency, so we kind of go with this. This is where it doesn't actually matter how many meals you have a day. Now, there's also similar to, we've kind of gone off here into a topic we were going to do in a bit, but we'll, we'll flow with it. Uh, this is where like the whole thing about breakfast boosting your metabolism is, and it's the same as when everyone says, oh, you should have five or six meals a day to boost your metabolism because every time you eat, it boosts your metabolism. Well, yeah, every time you eat, it boosts your, your metabolism gets upregulated because you're digesting food. But what you've got to realize is that if you have three big meals a day, you're going to go up in a massive arc for a longer period. You know, that arc might last two hours before coming down and then it goes below for two hours before coming back up. You have smaller meals. Maybe it only goes above the line for one hour, but then when it comes below the line, it only comes below the line for an hour. So if you see, mm. it doesn't actually matter whether you do three big meals or six small meals. What is what matters most is the amount of time that is spent below the line when you're actually burning what you're eating per se. So you want to make sure that basically when it goes above the line, it goes above the line, you know, for an hour. But then when it comes below the line, it comes below the line for two hours. Then it goes above for an hour, below for two hours. Well, you know that the below part of the line, when we're in a deficit throughout the day at periods, is going to be more time spent there than spent above the line. That should make sense. I think I've kind of broken it down a little bit better. 
Um, so basically what we want to do is make sure that just the time that we're spent below the line of deficit is more than above the line. Now that comes obviously down to the size of the mill rather than the amount of mills we have. The more mills and the, the more calories you have, the more time you're going to spend above the line. The less calories you have, the more time you're going to spend below the line. Simple A yeah. to B, basically. Um, we'll do a post on it. I'll do a post on social media for those of you who listen to it, and I'll talk about energy balance in that form of thing. So basically, kind of to do a full circle here, back to this whole breakfast thing, as Hayden was saying, breakfast isn't the most important of the day from fat loss. It doesn't matter whether you have breakfast or not, because it doesn't boost your metabolism in short. And actually what matters is the amount of time you spend below this midline when you're in a deficit. You know, we go into a surplus when we eat because we've got food readily available. So we need to kind of use it, store it. We can't just get rid of it. Uh, but then obviously after a period of time, once we finish digesting and storing it, oh, we've now got to get it back out of storage to use it because we now need some energy to actually go about our day. So we're back under that line burning again. So we do kind of transfer between gaining and losing throughout the day. So the amount doesn't matter. Uh, the, the amount of meals doesn't matter. The amount of calories, the amount of energy does, because that's what governs what part of the line that you're above and below throughout the day. Mm -hmm. So, well, let's transition it into then. So where can breakfast potentially be? Not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't coin it the most important meal of the day, but then right. again, it goes down to your goals. It's like, so basically... We're always talking you're, about weight loss. Let's just do it from a complete weight loss standpoint. Okay, well, then... No. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. I know we were... It depends what your priority is. Yeah, like, even if you are in a weight loss phase, so it's not... Like, if you skip breakfast, doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that you are not going to spike your metabolism as much or any of that stuff. That's completely false. But you've got to look at it from an individual perspective, and this is where Hayden's kind of, like, uh, leading to, is that for someone like myself, I train after breakfast. So for me, breakfast is important because I want that fuel to train because I have better training time. I have better performance. I'm then more likely to keep and retain muscle when I'm in a deficit. So there are going to be times when actually having breakfast is beneficial to an individual on a weight loss journey. If they perform early on in the day, you could also flip it and be like, well, actually, if your hunger's more in the morning, then you want more calories there too. Like if you're someone that doesn't get that hungry later on, but you wake up really ravenous first thing in the morning, well, then breakfast might be quite important for you to actually set your appetite for the day. You know, you don't start off the day ravenous. You start it off having a nice uh, nutri nutrient-dense meal when you personally are at your hungriest. That's what, So that's literally what I was going to lead into then and give you like kind of a case study. I had a client and it's obviously not the case for everyone, but what we found with her and what she discovered about herself and again, this isn't for anyone that's listening saying this is going to be the case for you. But she found having a large chunk of her calories for breakfast gave her much more satiation throughout the day. She snacked less. Her, her lunch and dinner were smaller portion sizes and she was completely satiated with that. It was absolutely fine. Whereas she found if she didn't have breakfast or she had like a really small light breakfast, her hunger was much higher throughout the day. And then um, her lunches tend to be typically more calorie dense and same with her dinners. So it just works better for her from an adherent standpoint yeah. to have breakfast. Now you'd then come to the argument of say, for her, is that the most important meal of the day? Yeah, maybe for her from yeah. a breakfast standpoint, but actually from a scientific perspective, like, 
if she didn't have breakfast, she would have still lost the body fat because it's yeah. calories at the end of the day. But from from an adherence standpoint, yeah, it was important for her to have breakfast to make sure she's making time to get up in the morning, listen to the last episode, um, and um, have that morning routine. Yeah, man. Yeah, so true. And that's what you've got to remember. Again, breakfast, personal preference. If you like to have breakfast, have breakfast. If you don't like to have breakfast, don't have breakfast. If you're going to train or you find yourself more hungry in the mornings, then maybe having breakfast might be sensible. Um, and, you know, the studies have shown that it can help regulate your appetite potentially. And also with regards to actually having breakfast, I know a lot of people are like, oh, but if I scrap breakfast, I'm always worried about like, you know, people are like, oh, don't skip breakfast, otherwise you'll eat more at lunch. There's literally a study that shows that people skip breakfast. They didn't then overconsume on lunch as many calories as they would have if they'd have had breakfast as well. So that, mm-hmm. that also is false. Um, and then the other one with regards to meal timing, Mr. Hados, is no carbs after six. No carbs before marbs. No carbs after six, because what happens is uh, when we eat, it consume carbs after 6 p.m., there's an upregulation in de novo lipogenesis, and all of the carbs consumed get turned into fat. Is this true or not? You have phone a friend, 50-50, or ask the audience at your disposal, unless you feel relatively clued up on the science to answer this one yourself. <laughs> I, uh, I had my shreddies this morning, to... can you tell? Yeah, I want to I phone a friend and I want to phone V-shred. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for any of you that don't know V-shred, right? First thing first, disclaimer, everything that he talks is absolute crap. The second thing, go Google it. You will have an amazing time viewing some of the the complete rubbish that he talks. Nutrition. Oh mate, honestly, he he stands there topless and he <laughs> changes his like sales marketing catch like every couple of months, doesn't he? It's like you need to be cutting out carbs. Carbs are bad for you, and that's what's causing you to burn uh, to not lose weight. And then the next one was uh, you need to be eating in line with your body type, whether you're an ectomorph, mesomorph, or an endomorph. And I'm like, okay, cool. So, you know, three months has passed. What's the next thing that you're going to be like? Okay, yeah. cool. I found out this new scientific research that no one's talking about. And I'm like, no one's talking about because it, it doesn't exist, you absolute moron. <laughs> Got me triggered. I, I um, actually, there's, so oh I'm going to name and shame him. Oh, that tickled me. That was a good one. This is my favorite pasta so far. There's a guy called I don't know if you've seen him on Instagram called Ryan Fish. I think it's Brian Fish or something. Right. But anyway, sure. he yeah, it might be that. Yeah. But he did a post. Uh, it was probably about a year and a half ago or something. That one of those ones that triggered a lot of like um, actual nutritional gurus, like actual proper OGs of the industry. And um, it was all about it was all about how you know you shouldn't be like fats are so much more beneficial than carbohydrates. And then literally yesterday I was on Instagram and a sponsored ad popped up about him talking about how you shouldn't eliminate carbs and how they're so important and all of this. I was like, whoa, but do you know what? If he raised his hand and he said, do you know what? I was wrong. I didn't do the research. I didn't know. Then fair play to him, like hats off. But if he's just spinning it from a marketing standpoint, because he's like V straight trying to just jump onto the next thing. um, Yeah. Yeah. He but makes basically, you know, isn't it V Shred? So V Shred from all these like marketing that he does, he makes millions of pounds a year. Yeah, I think he 
I don't know where I saw it. it I was swear it's like, like 10 million a year. It's something crazy. It's like a million pounds a month he makes. And honestly, yeah, he's, he spouts complete rubbish. Like, he, like, and, and like, he, has, he has like transformations and I'm like, you literally got them in a, a deficit. Like, I, I bet all he did is the ectomorphs, he put them in a smaller, smaller deficit and gave him higher protein or something. The mesomorphs, he probably just put in an average deficit. And then endomorphs, he probably put in a massive deficit. And I'm like, that's not rock. It's not, there's no science behind that. Mm. It's just all like, it's a, de- it's a deficit. Yeah. He's, he's, he's flagged it. This like, you need to eat towards your body type and that's where you're going wrong. You moron. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> moron. That's annoys me, um, man. I'm like, you're just making money off of rubbish. Not, mm. not, uh, what's the word? It's not like true, you know? It's uh, not ethical. That's the word I was looking for. Ethical. It isn't ethical, team. Okay, science here. So back to back to <laughs> moving on with uh, V Shred. Should we eat carbs after six or carbs? Can we eat after six or should we avoid eating after six if we want to lose weight? No, you can absolutely like uh, you can eat after six o'clock. There's nothing magical that happens just because the time passes 6 p.m. Like I'd probably go as far to say like 60 70 percent of my calories are after 6 p.m. like my daily calories so I, I have a huge portion of them in the evening just because like for me that's what works better and um, I, f- I find my hunger is much much higher in the evening but also I find it super beneficial for my sleep like I, f- I notice like whether it's now a bit like placebo effect or not i'm 100 sure there is some science to back the potential of carbohydrates um basically getting into the blood brain barrier and pushing the protein away and yeah basically helping with the sleep um but yeah i've i just i just find that I, i definitely notice my sleep change like the quality of it so yeah, no, it, it really doesn't matter. And again, we've got to look at the origin of it. Like, where does it come from? And it's basically come from a place of people thinking that, you know, I think the number 6 p.m. is just randomly pulled together. But it's the idea that you're no longer as active as you were throughout the day, like your day slowing down. You're not um, going to be burning off the energy that you're consuming. So people just put this conclusion together where they were like, well, the food just must just sit there and turn into fat. And that's where the whole kind of like myth of it's come from. But it's again, like <laughs> I don't want to go down a different rabbit hole, but yeah, it's, it, it doesn't matter. You're still looking over a 24 hour period of yeah. energy balance. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. And that exactly like you said, like there's, there's again, personal preferences key. Like myself and Hayden, we both have, like I have 50% of my calories in my last meal because I love a dessert. Hayden has like 60 to 70% of his calories. There's benefits to having food late at night, like Hayden said, to help with sleep. Again, you don't want to have it too close to bed because obviously it can impact your sleep from like a digestive point. And if you're obviously looking to go to sleep, you need to cool down. And if your body's still trying to digest food, gravity helps it. You're going to be lying vertical. But if, you know, you go get in the meat sweats while you're trying to go to sleep, you ain't going to sleep very well. So, you know, you've just got to see it as personal preference. And actually, it's not going to directly impact your weight loss. You can eat whenever you'd like which is good news for all those shift workers out there who have to work uh, long, late hours and you probably worry about when you should eat and what you can't eat and worried about that's what's stopping you burn body fat. It's not. You can eat at, you know, if your shifts are 12 p.m. till 12 
a.m. the next day. Like you can just eat in the in, you know early hours in the morning. It's not going to stop you losing body fat because you know your body clock has kind of shifted to do with your work. It's still your net calories across the day, which is total calories across the day that's going to impact that long term anyway. Boom. Did you mean to say twelve a.m. to twelve p.m.? Just because your glasses on, mate, doesn't think you're smart. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I did. Hence why when I said twelve a.m. till twelve, and I was like, ah, oh, no, I've said that wrong, and that's why I stopped. Um, so the next thing is, is we've kind of deluded to it is, you know, the meal, not only meal timing. So really when you consume your meals does not matter to your fat loss results is the underlying factor here. Find it, you know, consume your food when suits you, your lifestyle, what fits in. We touched on meal frequency as well in the middle of that. It doesn't matter. You had two meals a day, one more day, eight meals a day. It's going to make no difference to your fat loss results. All you've got to do is find what works for you, fits in with your lifestyle. Your lifestyle shouldn't fit in with your diet. Your diet should fit in with your lifestyle. And that is game, set, match. So now we've kind of conquered those myths of meal timing and meal frequency. What does a good meal look like for fat loss? You know, what is a good fat loss meal? What does it consist of? And how can we tell the listeners and the viewers for those on YouTube? Um, how are we going to help them build the perfect fat loss meal Hayden let's start with you well I I think the perfect fat loss meal does that exist maybe Mm. something that's super nutrient dense Um, again context is needed it's like it, it, it depends but if we're gonna if if we're gonna talk about a meal that is actually going to be beneficial for fat loss, yeah, like, we're talking about beneficial fat loss, not a meal that's gonna help you burn fat. Just to put a little like disclaimer out here, there are no foods that directly burn body fat. There's no special foods that you need to eat to upregulate, you know, your fat loss uh, results. This is what we're talking about. About what would be an optimal meal that would be beneficial if you are in a weight loss phase. What could that and should that kind of look like from a nutrition standpoint? Yeah, it's it's first of all it, it wants to be like super nutrient dense. So you know you, this is where I say, and I think I said it on the last podcast, didn't I, or a podcast maybe a few weeks ago, where there's inherently nothing wrong with having like cocoa pops and stuff like that for breakfast, but then you want to look at the knock on effect of of having that. Like mm-hmm. it's not going to be the most nutrient dense source. Whereas like say for example you're going to have oats with protein powder or like scrambled eggs like those are things that are potentially um going to help you feel more satiated and that's really that's really the the game in fat loss is how can you create the biggest amount of satiation yeah um because that's going to lead to the greatest adherence like you're going to have less cravings it's going to be easier to stick to your calories the just the overall adherence is going to be far easier yeah um But yeah, just like Ryan said, there, is, there isn't a food that yeah. makes you fat. Just like there isn't a food that makes you lose weight. Yeah. It, it's, it's just like you, you get... How I like to look at it is like, if you have a burger in front of you, you have like um, chocolate in front of you, and then you have, let's say, some oats in front of you. Like you're looking to consume the food that gives you the best deal, the best thing in return. So I look at those three foods and I'm like, okay, the oats is going to provide me with the most amount of satiation. Like 
for me, it's going to be more beneficial for my performance. Whereas I look at the, I think I said burger and chocolate, didn't I? Like the burger, super tasty, but again, it's not going to have much satiation there. And the chocolate, again, super tasty, but it's not going to have as much satiation there. Yeah. Now, that in that incident is going to is going to provide the best outcome for me. It's going to give me the best deal. Mm, yeah, yeah, you're so right. And I think. I think it kind of comes, I was just thinking about this to kind of like make it a little bit cool, but it kind of comes down to what I've just totally labelled in this past like two minutes or Satan was talking. The SNP, it needs to be satiety based. And once you fill you up, you're going to get hungry when you're on a deficit. So making sure that it has adequate protein in, it's going to be a good shout. It's going to make sure it fills you up protein and it's going to be voluminous. So it's going to be voluminous to help obviously stretch receptors in the stomach, signal that you're, hung, uh, you're full up as well and that you're consuming food. So the S stands for satiety. The second N, nutrient dense. Exactly like Hayden sent, said, 80% of your nutrition wants to be good quality, single ingredient, high nutritional value foods. 20% is foods that are good for the soul. Chocolate, ice cream, burgers, crisps, pizzas, whatever it is that you take, you fancy. So it wants to be nutrient dense, plenty of fruits and vegetables throughout the day, good quality uh, ingredients for 80% of the whole part. So S and the N, and then P is personal preference. It just wants to be what you enjoy. Ultimately, if you're eating stuff that you don't enjoy, I remember I'm not a massive fan of avocados, and I used to eat avocados at uni because I thought they were good for you and they were going to help me shred up. And every bite I literally hated, and I was like, this is divine. Uh, And I kept doing it. And then eventually I was like, yep, no, I can't do this anymore. Avocados are absolutely disgusting, and I'm out. And this is where it's like there's no longevity to that. So you've got to not only satiate yourself, find nutrient-dense foods, but also personal preference. Eat foods that you enjoy. Don't force yourself to eat kale because V Shred said that kale was going to get you jacked. Don't eat spinach because Popeye does. Eat foods that you enjoy. Find foods that you enjoy in a vast array of it, and that is going to help, obviously, maintain your adherence alongside everything else. And I think that's super key to, to like make a note here is that 80-20. 80% good nutritionally dense foods, and then 20% foods good for the soul. you got 2,000 calories you know that like 400 calories can be used on foods that are good. Couple of chocolate bars, maybe, you know, a third of a tub of Ben and Jerry's, depressing, or maybe a whole tub of Halo Top might be better. Um, And then the rest of the foods are going to be from nutritional dense foods that are going to support, obviously, directly your goals. Now the sun has gone, I look like Tom Cruise. Let's take these off. Tom Cruise, yeah, but Tom Cruise is mate, Tom Cruise is just like five foot two. He's like really damn short. <laughs> is he? Yeah. I kid you not. But anyone listening to this that knows, yeah, Tom Cruise is very short. He is like five foot seven, mate. He is quite short for a guy. Have you seen the new Bond yet? Yes, it is absolutely incredible. Loved it. He did. I actually nearly cried at the end. Mate, yes. So did I. So Mother half will tell you, ever since uh, we found out, I don't know if you guys know any, you don't know, I'm actually expecting a little baby girl in February. Anytime there's anything emotional recently, mate, I've literally just started welling up. I'm an emotional wreck. I don't know what's wrong with me. And obviously he, lo- he, he oh, ooh, hey, ooh, don't give it away because some people might have not seen it. Something happens at the end that's very sad. Uh, and yeah, I, I had to try really hard to not cry. I was getting hot and bothered. Because I was like trying so hard. I was like, trying not to cry. I was like, don't well up. I was like, come on, it's just a film. It's cool. Don't well up. Don't cry. And I was like, oh God. <laughs> You're in the cinema. It's a good place to, to oh, let mate, it out. It is, it, is an, it is one of the films that, uh, and those of you who haven't seen it, you've got an absolute pleasure. 
ahead of you because it's one of the films that I've watched and I didn't once check the time. I didn't want things how long's left or anything. Like I was absolutely glued from start to finish. And it's like three hours, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's long. Yeah, even Rose said that. We we're both just like that is the first film I've watched in a while that I have been absolutely glued from start to finish. Mm. What film? What was the And also I was gonna say, did you see the trailers to the film? For the new films that are out? No. Mate, there's some cool... Well, I probably did, but I wasn't really. Oh, mate, even watching before the actual, me- before the actual film, the trailers, there's like, basically all the trailers that are out looked absolutely incredible. All of the new films that are coming out. Um, there was the new... There's like a new kind of like uh, intergalactic one. There is a... I mean, there's the new Venom out soon. I want to see. Because um, that's quality. Uh, there is a... No. Oh, is that uh, Tom Hardy? Yes, yes, the Venom is, yeah. Um, there is also a new Matrix out. Oh, not a fan. Oh, mate, no way. Yes, I used no. to quite like it as a kid. Um, yes, there's a new Matrix, like, a, 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 you know, however many years later. Um, cool. What was the last film you cried at? God. Uh, oh, <laughs> I watched Titanic like. <laughs> when did I watch it? A few weeks ago, probably like three weeks ago. Watched, I just really wanted to watch it. Check. Yeah, Check. mate. And honestly, when I was watching it, I was literally like, I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Man on Fire? Uh, no. With mate. Denzel Washington in? Yeah. No, I've never seen it unbelievable film but you like especially you you will not be able to not cry alright at the end it's it, oh it's horrible how like, long is it's it it's not horrible uh, it's quite it's, it's about a 90 minute film oh Matt I'll watch it tonight yeah it's you like text fight. me after it and, and tell me if you cried or not <laughs> <laughs> alright it's a done deal I'll tell you what I nearly did cry at the other day uh, well it wasn't the other day actually it was the other month is um I'm funny watching this. I remember like my whole life growing up because of certain things that happened. I was basically ingrained into me that guys don't cry. You have to be a bloke. And if you cry, you're an or show any emotion. You're basically uh, a complete, the words were pussy basically. Um, so it's quite nice to have open conversations now. I'm an adult and realize that's obviously not true. That was just what I was being told as a kid. Um, and the <laughs> film was the Kevin Hart film on Netflix. Have you seen it yet? Fatherhood. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that's sad. The first five minutes, I was like, "This is the kind of ending to a film, not the start." Um, but that film did make me want to have a girl. That was the that was the moment that I switched from being really like, right. "I potentially prefer a boy" to being like, "Actually, I prefer a girl." And then I found out I had a girl. Although, really funny story. Before, and I've got too much energy today. Really funny story. When we were having the scan to find out the gender, I thought I saw a penis. <laughs> and I was like it's a boy and I was like oh and she was like and he was like as you can see here these bits it's a girl and I was like those bits it's a girl I was literally like you sure <laughs> I was like I swear and I told the midwife I was like at the hospital because we went for a private scan. double check and I was like honestly I was like I thought I saw a penis on screen and then she she was in hysterics I was like I honestly thought I saw a penis on screen and I was like it's a boy and when he said a girl I was literally like Turn my head slowly. Oh. I was like, I don't know what, I don't know what you were taught in sex ed, but that does not look like a vagina to me. That's like a penis. 
Um, so, you know, these, uh, actually, we won't get in too deep to it, but what's, you know, you get these gender reveals. Mate, I want to have you know, one and Rosie wouldn't let me. Everything that's happening now with like, you know, so have you heard the latest one where air hostess are no longer allowed to say ladies and gentlemen on the flight? No. It's, yeah, it's mad. So apparently, like, certain aircrafts are now saying, like, you're not allowed to say on the tannoy, ladies and gentlemen. So it's because of this whole, like, gender-neutral um, gender thing, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was like, what happens with, like, the gender reveals? Like, and Ooh, it's a... You wouldn't have it. Yeah. The, 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 there will be, there will be, well, there will be parents out there that are just, uh, that just, don't it, it, it isn't a boy or a girl like that 100 I just think but I just don't I, I, I again the rabbit hole to go down to... and it's opinions and we're not going to get yeah. into this because people have differing opinions on these things and uh, we're a nutrition yeah. podcast and I don't want to talk about this kind of stuff because I'm starting a new podcast yeah because <laughs> uh, you know whatever we say whatever our thoughts are people have opposite opinions and some people are very passionate about those opinions um, so we won't go any further into that. I think it's the best option there, but I know you mean, yeah, there's loads of stuff. I think they said like, um, like Kleenex have stopped, uh, Kleenex aren't allowed to say like man sized tissues and stuff. It's not allowed to it's be like called. Yorkie. Yeah. It's not allowed to be called, um, uh, mother, what's it called? Mother care. So like people then like, well, it should be called mother care. Cause there's also like dads as well. I mean, you could literally go oh, down this world. This you world could go down so many things. You're like, it's a word. Like, it's it's not aimed oh. at anyone. It's not taking anyone's rights away. Like, it's just a word. Just a word. Yeah. It's, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, yeah. So now you know, guys. Meal timing. Whatever suits you, your lifestyle, meal frequency. How many meals you want to have a day? Hayden probably has typically two or three. I literally have like four. Slash five. Are there any difference in our yeah. results? No. I've just got bigger buns. Buns? Think like, I was meant to say guns. Buns. Biceps, I said buns. <laughs> bigger buns. Bigger buns, Ed. Um, I think it's just, it really does. Like what, what you want to do first is like, what is your goal? Like, what do you want to achieve? Obviously, like we're talking about fat loss here and you want to achieve fat loss. But what else is important to you? Because like Ryan said, performance is way more important to... Um, Ryan, then maybe it is to me. Um, I don't know if that's right, actually. But uh, just an example, let's say it was the case. Like, say Ryan's, like, we're, our, our goal is both fat loss, but you've got more of a performance um, background. Like, you don't want to lose muscle mass. You don't want to do any of this. Like, you want to keep your strength gains. Maybe your meal timing is a little bit more important to you than it would be to me. We will both still achieve the same goal of, of, of fat loss, but you're just going to be more cautious, cautious and, or more conscious about where you place your meals because of like the um, because of your goals, yeah. because of like wanting to offset any kind of like decrease in performance. Whereas for me, because I'm not so bothered about performance, like it really doesn't matter as much. So. Yeah, it, it really doesn't matter, like bottom line, but this is where I was saying the beginning kind of like the art of coaching and like um, where it isn't so black and white as like science says, yes, breakfast isn't important or yes, something else is important. It's like you still have to go on an individual basis and determine what your goal is and what you're looking to achieve. Yeah, man. So true. 
Sweet. Well, uh, let's wrap this party up and uh, we shall see all y'all next Monday. Yeah. Great episode. Till that team, have a good week. Bye-bye.